Hello and welcome back to the Catch Kate podcast. Today we are on series four, episode one. And I'm going to be doing something a little bit different. I'm going to be interviewing people with a strong connection to nature. So without further ado, let's begin. So today I have my first guest uh, for this series of the podcast and she is a neighbor of mine. Her name is Sinead and I will now invite her to tell you a bit about herself. Well, I'm delighted to be interviewed. Um, It's my first time being interviewed, so I'm not sure what I'm going to be saying, but uh, we'll just see how it goes. yeah, my name is Sinead Wall, and I've um, I've been living here on the on the family farm, which was originally um, a dairy farm, actually. And when I left school, I went dairy farming for about eight years, and then I left farming, um, and I thought it wasn't for me anymore. I thought it wasn't my future. I wanted to get a real job. So I went traveling and did different things. And just in the last few years, I've kind of come back to farming and um, and I love it. And it's, I suppose it took, it took going away from it to realize that it is actually um, a really good lifestyle and it's a really nice way to, to live and, and make a living. So um, I am a farmer. Yay, that's Yay. lovely. Um, thank you for that. Um, so for you, what would kind of a typical work day be on the farm? Um, I start um, with, say, I get up at half seven if, if things go well. And um, in previous years, I've had an honesty box out at the road. So the first job is usually to stock that up or put it out or... Um, whatever and then I I have breakfast and then I would be just doing whatever jobs are needed around it could be weeding in the summer it could be sowing seeds or transplanting or just cutting the grass just kind of general maintenance um, cleaning the hen house cutting hay for sale and then in the winter it would be totally different. It would be sort of maintenance jobs and um, machinery and and that kind of thing. So it's it's very varied. It could be anything really. Cool. And what would you say is the best thing about your work and lifestyle? Um, the best thing. I suppose um, not commuting, not um, having to meet targets or deadlines, except what I set for myself. Not having, not having to answer to other people, um, I suppose, yeah, that's yeah. best. Definitely. As well as, you know, being outdoors, I suppose, obviously that's, yeah. that's fabulous. Definitely agreed. The freedom is the best yeah. thing <laughs> yeah. to do what you want. Mm. And what would you say would be the most challenging part? Um, I would find the most challenging would be um, sales and making sure that you're not, you know, in a situation where 
where you've grown a crop and you can't sell it because it's, um, you know, it's disheartening and it's, um, it's, it's horrible to see waste. Mm. So um, I think we're all a bit programmed to avoid waste. So, yeah. And is there a certain crop that you would find that with? Well, or? the carrots this year now were, um, well, I just grew too many. Um, but they, they would be one. Or some of the crops that, you know, come all of a sudden, like the beans, you suddenly go picking beans and, and you're picking, you know, 20 kilos of them. <laughs> you, can't, you can't sell that but it's I suppose it's to do with um, you know managing it better so that you don't have those gluts yeah and you also have some animals so you can probably feed them as well right yeah yeah but yeah it's um, <laughs> a few ton of beans yeah, to the pig it's, it's um, you know top quality food freshly picked and you're throwing it into hens it's kind of yeah it's not exactly the way it should be no but it's not waste as it's not going straight to compost it's no it is going somewhere and the hens are very happy on these days yes (laughs) delighted happy hens and um so you make your own compost as well i do i collect um horse manure from a neighbor and i mix it with the old plants and grass clippings and straw and um, I have a machine for turning it and spreading it so I yeah I do all that and I I, I use that compost then for the vegetable growing hmm. and a lot of people are kind of fearful of making compost like they think it's really difficult would you say that it is or can anybody do it? I think it's really easy. Um, I have a slight obsession with composting. I just, I just <laughs> love the process. Yeah. Um, and I would say it's it's really easy, and you know I would say it's the most natural thing in the world, and um, just do it. Yeah. You know, don't be putting your food scraps into a wheelie bin. Yeah. where they're, they're just going to make a smelly mess mm. you know just start a little compost bin out the back and um, would you advise somebody to buy like the proper bin or how would be their best way to start um, yeah buy a bin it's it's you know it's going to look better than something you could make up if you're just doing a small amount yeah um, if you're doing a bigger amount there's there's good systems online where you use pallets and different containers like that you know to, mm. um, but really the container is just as a, as a way of keeping it kind of out of sight really yeah I mean it doesn't need a container really because if the sun gets at it or it doesn't really change it or anything yeah ideally I suppose it's in the dark so that things aren't growing mm-hmm. in it yeah like, like potatoes and coming yeah. out of, like mine there was potatoes growing out uh, but I was fascinated that like I threw in like well I was being a little bit lazy and I threw in a few whole vegetables in there and it just broke the whole thing down and it's yeah. just fascinating it is fascinating it's amazing like and I full of whole vegetables to put a shovel into it and find that it's absolutely crawling with worms yeah 
and it's, it's just beautiful I think it's amazing isn't it I put some with the strawberries now and when I put the shovel in there was like I've never seen so many worms in my life yeah I just these red worms you know yeah couldn't believe it I still didn't want to stick my hand in it though yeah. <laughs> Because I knew what went in there, you know. Yeah. Um, but anyways. And I think if um, people have any trouble with their compost, you can easily balance it up by just sprinkling on some, um, you know, chopped straw or um, dead leaves in the autumn or a little sprinkle of topsoil. They'll just balance it. If it's getting a lot of flies or something, they'll just mm. balance it. Any of those things. Oh, that's a good it idea. And it'll be... It'll be fine, you know. It doesn't take a lot of managing. Yeah. Very good. So, presumably, you get into nature daily. Do you have other activities you do outside of the farm? Um, yeah, I um, I usually stop work at around two or three in the afternoon and go out on my bike um, or go for a walk. Or both. Um, in the evenings, I go two two nights a week. I go to sessions and play play music. Um, what else do I do? Do you like to visit like forests or other kind of nature places? Or? Yeah, I would go to Rostellan. You know, the woods in Rostellan. I would go there probably moment probably three or four times a week yeah lovely really love it or the beach or um and would you swim in the beach um i i will swim in the summer yeah yeah, yeah. nice lovely um and was your childhood similar to this um i suppose it was really um my childhood i suppose was very much centred around the farm and the animals with cows and cattle and ponies and dogs and they would have been a big part of my childhood, yeah, growing mm. up I was, um, I was always interested in, in the animals. Yeah, and spending a lot of time outside. Yeah, definitely, yeah. And did you horse ride? Yeah, we did, yeah. We had, um, we had a few different ponies and... Uh, did a bit of that, and a bit of uh, sheepdog training as well. Mm. And those kind of things, yeah. Very cool. And do you feel like, so you came back to the farm to work, were your siblings, did they have that urge as well? Or do you feel like you had most of the urge to come back? I'd say um, really none of my brothers and sisters were interested in the farm. The passing interest... <clears throat> as in you know they, they're interested to see what's going on but there, there was none of them interested in in working on the farm really no mm. yeah. yeah I think you normally find that that there's one that kind of goes back yeah. and is like no <laughs> this is what somebody's meant to do something here you know yeah yeah I suppose it's often the case yeah um and they're very supportive of me, you know, they, they're interested, I think, that I'm doing something with it and yeah. that it's still a, a kind of working farm and maintained and all that. I think it's nice for them. Yeah. 
Yeah. Cool. And folks, if you're listening, we actually had a tour around the farm beforehand and Sinead is doing loads of regenerative practices um, and I was really amazed. Would you like to share some of them maybe? Yeah, um, I suppose um, the main one is to do with soil. I'm trying to do, I have, I have a section of Nordic um, going on where at the moment there's rhubarb, strawberries, raspberries, onions and broccoli growing in that and I just layer on compost every year um, and plant directly into that. So the theory is that um, it's so full of worms and life that it doesn't need digging to aerate it and you don't disturb it, you don't which you, you don't release carbon into the atmosphere because you're not um, digging up the soil and drying it out. And that's going really well. I think it works really well for, um, you know, certain crops. And um, that would be one. Um, what else? And you were planting into the hedges as well? Trees? or Yeah, I've just... Um, this winter now I planted a thousand trees. And most of that is hedging. Um and most of it would be existing hedges that had just gaps with just briars and I would take down the briars and plant white thorns, black thorns, um, hazels, birches, crab apples, all that kind of thing. Yeah, so I have a good few sections of that done. Um, and then other sections I've just um, put trees in at kind of spacings of maybe two metres part and that would be just trees for wildlife in the future it'll be just left kind of go wild and won't cut the grass or anything around it as long as the grass isn't um, shading out the trees um, other than that I suppose um, I'm putting compost out to improve the soil and put back into the soil without uh, chemicals or uh, chemical fertilizers. I don't use any of them. Um, and then I've got um, I've got some sheep to use as instead of starting up a lawnmower or taking out the tractor <laughs> the more I just I just have little paddocks that sheep can live in for the summer and they are Going to be my lawnmowers, <laughs> <laughs> and they sound lovely. There's a little baby lamb, isn't there? Yeah, and you can hear it. Probably not on this show, but you can hear it from the living room. Yeah, they're bottle-fed lambs, so there's no kind of. They're easy to handle. They're easy to move. They follow me, rather than, you know, me running after them to try and hurt them. Aww. So uh, that's a bit of a project for this year: is to build up my flock into maybe four or five lambs and sheep. That would be my lawnmowers. And are they two males or females or the other two? Uh, at the moment now I have a male and a female grown up. And so could they a baby mate? Um, hopefully next spring I'll have okay. a lamb or two. Aww. <laughs> Born, yeah. Twins. 
Yeah, twins or triplets. <laughs> it would be the first time uh, since about the late 70s that there was a, a lamb born on the farm. Aww. So hopefully. Amazing. That's the plan anyway. Yeah. Very cool. And actually with the compost as well, would you, uh, would you also, so if people are using fertilizers and all that, like, is there a better way we can do it? Like some people, they put down seaweed in the winter and they cover it. Like, would you do practice like this or? Yeah, I would, um, I suppose my no-dig area is kind of established, so I don't need to, but if I was, if I was starting a garden with a lot of weeds in it, I would probably put out a load of any kind of manure on it, seaweed or anything and cover it um, for as long as you can really ideally a year mm-hmm. and you'd have a very clean um, growing area then you know yeah it's a really good way to start something off is to cover it for a season with uh, just silage plastic mm-hmm. um, but like any mulch you can use really is you know has benefits like straw or yeah compost they can all be used yeah very good thank you for that and who would you say would be three people that have influenced you the most Um, well a few years ago I did a course up in Clare with Jim Cronin and um, that was a course that went over a year and that was a huge influence on me um, meeting him and just learning his way of life and his philosophy. Um, so um, that would be one. Um, I didn't know. I didn't know we needed three. No, one is <laughs> fine as well. One is um, cool. Keep it. Well, keep it. Keep it cool. Um, so he influenced you with the work, and was he? Has he? Has he? Is he uh, working on a farm or? Yeah, he's um, <clears throat> he's an organic grower. Okay. Has been growing for many years. Yeah. Long before organic was even known about. Yeah. To most people, he was yes. growing organically, and he's um, he's he's kind of famous for plowing with horses. Okay. Yeah. In Clare, is it? Yeah, he lives in in East Clare, and um, the course was really good. Um, was it like horticulture? Yeah, it was market gardening. Okay. And um, just the you know the gentle a gentle way of life, um, very focused on nature and um, the well being of the creatures and the animals, and um, living sustainably, all that kind of thing. It was really it was really lovely, and and there was more than just learning about how to grow the vegetables. There was really um, just a whole philosophy that we mm. learned, and I really absorbed it, I think. And I think it had a big influence now on my life in the last few years. Mm. Um, I could see how I, I, took, I took a few things from it, and just one of the best things I ever did. Wow. Course, so, yeah. And if somebody wanted to do the course, how long is it or how could they get involved? It, it went on for, I think it was uh, 
every second Wednesday for um, eight or nine months. So kind of March to October, we'll say. And if you, I think the best way to look it up is that website NOTS, N-O-T-S, which is a skills um, training website. They do all sorts of courses and everything. Um, that's how I, I found it. And um, you, at the time, you had to go to East Clare every, once every um, fortnight, but that might have changed now. Maybe more of it's online, I don't know really. Okay. But I would definitely say doing some sort of course, if you're, if you're trying to grow commercially, is a really good idea. Yeah. And was that a year long? Yeah. Yeah, it was all within a year, yeah. Very good. Um, so, yeah, next question would be, what fascinates you most about nature? Um, I suppose how much we still don't know, really. I think there's a lot of things that um, that are, are going on that we think we know and really don't. <laughs> no idea, no idea. Yeah, and I think... Um, as humans, I think maybe we're a bit, um, maybe we're a bit arrogant in that we think we're in control of things, but really, we're not. We're actually maybe interfering too much with mm, things. And if we definitely, could, if we could stand back a little bit and work with nature rather than um, trying to make uh, maximum profit, maybe or. Um, I, I think we'd be better off hmm. starting to sound like a lecture now but <laughs> no but it's true we uh, need yeah. to hear it like because I, I, I think we get absorbed in our lifestyle and we don't realize that it's actually doing harm or we're going the wrong way because we're so used to it yeah I think um, <clears throat> the last I don't know how many years maybe a few hundred years um have been about economy and about making money and um, and nature has just taken a back seat to that and I think we've done a lot of damage mm, in, this, in the in the name of making money yeah and expanding businesses and enterprises and I think we have to start putting nature uh, as as a priority yeah. You know? And that means species and soil and water, air quality, all those things. Mm-hmm. We need to, um, they need to be a priority from now on. Yeah, definitely agreed. And like you're, you've mentioned your course and gym, what other resources have helped you along the way? Um, I suppose I use YouTube a lot and um, <laughs> I Google How to shear a sheep. <laughs> yeah, that was one I watched the other day and it looked really more difficult than I remembered <laughs> seeing people do it. Yeah. Um, uh, books, I, I'm not great for reading books. I find it hard to just settle down and read a book. Yeah. I tend to look for the instant answers on Google and YouTube. Yeah. Um, and neighbours of course I mean I'm always you know um, you know asking people Mm -hmm. 
and looking at what other people are doing and yes uh, farm walks I think are really good as well um, you know if you if you go when you go to a farm walk um, it's, it's usually something you take away that's a huge benefit you know it might be just one little thing but it's it's um, and you, you say to yourself right I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give that a try or I'm going to um, you know give that idea a go on my place and it might work for you it mightn't but it, it, it's opening your mind to something mm. that's um, and how can you find the farm walks um, the organic websites I think have a list okay. of farm walks yeah that you can um, and would you partake in them now I, I would I would certainly be looking at the list for this year and if there was one that interests me I'd go yeah Mm-hmm. Yeah, I might only go to two or three in a year, or maybe just one. Yeah, you know, obviously they're all over the country, so. Um, and they're just farms where people invite people in, and yeah, they're like a sort of a little open day. Um, I did one last year with um, the O'Connors down in Kerry. They're uh, they were on the farming for nature. Um, website, and they had an open day in July. And went there. He's a vegetable grower, and um, they have a shop in Tralee as well. And I went there just to see how they're doing things. And they had, you know, lovely hedgerows and mm. um, very interesting. And one I did a few years ago, which is probably the most interesting I ever did, was down in um, uh, this, just this side of Crookstown inside of McCroom with the Robinsons and they have a hugely successful vegetable business and they had an open an open farm mm. evening so just things like that that are you know very cool yeah someone who's so they're farms similar. that have made businesses basically yeah. cool yeah that sounds really interesting I'll be checking that up myself yeah it's basically a way to snoop around <laughs> <laughs> yeah without trespassing yeah um cool and for anybody out there listening what kind of easy advice could you give to better care for the planet or what kind of practical step could someone take um i suppose um from a gardening point of view maybe just um leave your garden be a little bit wilder than it is Maybe leave things go to seed and leave shrubs flower and um, you know we have a bit of an obsession with um, neatness and we think that if you have a neat garden it reflects on the person themselves <laughs> that they're fabulous <laughs> or that their life is perfect but really it's a Victorian idea that came from um, you know wealthy landowners who had plenty land to have formal gardens yes and you know if we could change and, and instead of seeing a neat garden as fabulous if we could see a flowering garden full of bees and birds as fabulous i think that would mm. be a lovely thing and super wild yeah and like you might need a section of it uh, where you cut the grass for the kids to play football or something and you can still have that but you can have the verges maybe a bit wilder mm-hmm something you know you can have both but um 
it's just uh, maybe our attitude could be a bit more focused on the wildlife. Definitely. Yeah. And you mentioned bees as well. You have bees. Yeah, we have beehives and um, my husband does the bees, but I, I did put up a top bar hive last summer mm-hmm. as a little bit of an experiment mm-hmm. just to just to see how they'd get on with a kind of a non-intervention hive. Yeah. And um, it's it's one of those beehives that you can easily build yourself because it's um, it, it's not very strict. The dimensions of the of the hive isn't very strict, like a national hive or whatever. So yes. So that kind of building suits me, where you don't have to end up with a certain dimension. Yes, <laughs> arty. Yeah, creative. So um, so that's down there, and I'll open that in a few weeks and just see how the bees are getting on. I'll just open it and look at them. I won't be putting in any yes. chemicals or taking out any uh, yeah. beeswax. So. Super. Yeah. And folks, I had a look at the hive beforehand, and it looks amazing. And in the normal um, kind of commercial hive, the frames are built um, but this hive in particular, all the comb will be made from scratch. So I'm sure there'll be some very interesting creative designs made by the bees. And the wax as well will be 100% made from the bees, from, from getting it from the plants. So it'll be amazing to see it. Amazing. And if there's a lot of um, um, honey in it in the autumn, I will, I will take one... Um, there's about 12 uh, bars in it I'll take one for myself and um, and that would be um, you know cut comb yeah wow honey that I can oh my god yeah like a delicacy huh yeah but I didn't take any last year because they were just a new colony then so um, and when you say bars do you have like horizontal bars in there yeah, is it there's okay. horizontal bars across the top just where they can push. build out from yeah okay yeah wow. with a little starter on it yeah of about half an inch um coming down of um formed wax to that's to get them into the straight lines so that each bar has um a cone yeah. coming from it otherwise they might build in their own shapes, which you yes. want. So yeah. that's the way it was recommended. That's how top yeah. bars are done. And that's what I did. Super cool. Yeah. I can't wait to hear about that. Yeah, I like I like that that it's, um, you know, if they, they will swarm, I'm sure, this year. And that's fine. They can swarm. And, and those colonies can hopefully go off and live in a tree or something and have a good life. That's the idea mm. of it. Because I don't think they'll swarm unless they're able for it you know that they have the numbers to make yeah. a new colony so yeah. why not let them do it and yeah. that swarm can go and live somewhere or be a nuisance or something <laughs> well hopefully not and i was saying to Sinead earlier i got some lovely lovely bees last year <laughs> lovely swarms which might have been hers because they're very friendly and very yeah super docile yeah i d- didn't use smoke on them nothing they were just yeah and isn't that great? That, super I mean, friendly. Th- I'd love to see more wild colonies. That would be the ultimate. Oh, yeah, that would be the best. Um, 
I would love to maybe do some hollow hollow logs where um, the bees can oh wow you know, just be proper wild yeah I'd love to actually like come across one in a tree wouldn't it be yeah, fascinating that would be lovely that would be the dream yeah yeah we'll put it out there and see what happens yeah. um so would you just get a log and cut holes i've seen it done again youtube where yeah. people <laughs> hollow out a log yeah and they hang it in a tree okay because the the thinking is that um in a natural environment there would be dead trees that mm. are hollow but we yeah. tend to cut them down yeah yeah. these days so there are no hollow trees or very few mm. and that is uh, the kind of natural habitat of of these colonies so yeah that's the thinking that that it's just replacing that wow for them, yeah. and then i suppose they've all the sap then exactly there and i suppose yeah it's waterproof and um yeah it's, it's where they would have naturally lived mm. so they build into dead dead trees i think it's just any cavity that's yeah um, i've never seen you know, it so i don't even you know it'd be amazing to see yeah it. i suppose any cavity that's kind of weatherproof and warm and safe yeah you know that's what they'll they'll fill that amazing yeah and if anybody's listening who's seen it please let me know um so on a final kind of bit um what do you do for fun um, fun. <laughs> I'm always having fun. I suppose going out with friends would be the main thing, you know. Um, yeah. Um, just going out and laughing about everything, and um, you know, sometimes a few friends would have a games night, um, or go to the pub, or go to a restaurant. Or have barbecue in someone's house. Lovely. All that kind of thing. It's I think it's like community getting together. Yeah. yeah get or together. like recording podcasts. Yeah. <laughs> this is a new one, but this yeah, is a new it's one. Quite fun too. Yeah, we'll add it. Yeah. Um, what would be a wacky fact about you that we might not know? Um, you may have to pause it now. I hadn't thought of this. Well, you play an instrument, don't you? Or instruments? Yeah, that's quite yeah, an interesting. Yeah, played the fiddle. Yeah, that's um, amazing. I took up the fiddle um, about ten years ago, and um, <clears throat> I really enjoy it. Uh, I will never be a fabulous fiddle player, but I suppose it's about um, learning something new and enjoying the music mm. and enjoying the company of people who like Irish traditional music. Yeah. And just sitting around playing yeah. tunes that you like mm-hmm. at some level, whether it's fabulous or average. Yeah. Maybe it doesn't just a bit much. of crack. Yeah. And do you play in the pub or just out of um, each other's houses? Both. We have house sessions and pub sessions on different days. Very good. Yeah. Super. And what's your favourite um, veggie or fruit that you grow and your kind of your kind of favourite recipe out of that? I suppose um, the most, I would say most people would agree, the most rewarding vegetable to grow is the tomatoes. Um, because, you know, the homegrown tomatoes are really something special. 
and I would have a simple dish I cook with them just chop them up and um, some chopped up mozzarella and balsamic vinegar a drizzle of olive oil and salt yeah and I just I just love that Wow. And it's awesome. <laughs> I think I'm hungry now. <laughs> Can I come for dinner then the next day? <laughs> tomatoes. It really needs, you know, the good quality. It needs the good quality tomatoes that yeah. that are ripened on the vine mm. and um, and freshly picked. And I I wouldn't even buy the the ones all year round from Holland or whatever. Yeah. They they're they're ripened. They're picked green, I think, and ripened. Yeah. And they just don't get, they, they're not sweet. They don't no. get a chance to, to sweeten in the sun. And would you freeze anything or? Um, I do, I freeze, yeah. I freeze excess, I freeze fruit for making jam at a mm. later date because it'd be too busy in the summer and that kind of thing. Yeah. I freeze a good bit, yeah. Very good. And I got to taste, uh, luckily enough, I got to taste Sinead's tomatoes last year. The sun golds, weren't they? Sun gold, yeah. Yeah, and they were delicious. Lovely. Amazing. Yeah. I always say it was the best tomatoes I ever tasted. Yeah, they are something um, special, all right. And I cycled off on my bicycle with them and I was delighted going up the road, eating them <laughs> like, you know, fruit. But they are fruit, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so I was eating them like, you know, they were like apples or something. You know, they were delicious. They are. They're just lovely, yeah. Um. So, yeah, so I think that's all for today. Um. Thank you, Sinead, for coming on and for sharing. Yeah, you're welcome. And thanks for having me. Um, and good luck with what you're doing. Yeah. It's great. I think you're really spreading the word and, you know, getting it out there. The environmental, the home gardening. And well done. Thank you. Um, so, folks, um, you can listen um, on Spotify or Apple. And just thanks again for tuning in and share it if you liked it. And if you'd like to support further, you can go on to patreon.com. And we'll see you all next time. Ciao.